Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. Welcome to this class, which I called Kohelet and Eicha, because my goal is to create some readers in our community who feel confident and competent and able to jump in uh, and participate and chant for us in some of the more specialized area uh, of chanting from scrolls uh, in our community. Um, So I want to back up and talk about some of the basics of chanting, the most basic basics of chanting, and then we'll get into um, Shir Hashirim itself, into the Song of Songs, uh, and we'll talk about Song of Songs and what it has in common with Kohelet. So there are lots of different pieces of our tradition that are chanted. And chant is different than the idea of Nusach, and it's different than the idea of singing. Singing is just what it sounds like. It's song. Sometimes song is improvised and sometimes it's through composed and it's written down. Nusach, as I talk about it sometimes in our classes, is a combination is a combination of mode and motif. It's a mode that we're in, but it's also not entirely improvised. It's a series of motifs that get repeated over and over again. Sometimes every once in a while, Nusach even shows up in our chanting. That's going to come up later on in this class because Eicha actually has Nusach that shows up in it. There's an entire chapter of Eicha that's basically chanted, but not really chanted, to Nusach. It's sung to a Nusach. So it's sung to a mode and a motif instead of being sung to specific symbol-based chant. Cantillation, though, is not a specifically Jewish concept. Right? It's, a, it's a concept that uh, belongs to lots of different ancient traditions. And because this isn't a basic class on cantillation, and because we're not teaching a whole class from Jacobson or from some of the basic books, uh, which I'm sure that Rick, who's here, could probably teach uh, really beautifully as well, um, I'm not going to get into the very most basics of Uh, what chant are, but I do want to talk about the functionality of chant because the functionality of chant is going to help us to understand what it's going to do for us as we're remastering a new system. So whether chant as a concept is a new idea for you and using it and doing it is a new thing for you, or whether it's just a new system that you're mastering, it's really important to remember what the functions of cantillation are, these marks that are on the page. So when you look at a page out of a Tanakh or a Chumash, different versions of the Hebrew Bible that have Hebrew on them, right? Rick has a Tanakh in front of him, uh, and you might have any different version of a page in front of you. I'm going to put a page up uh, in front of us of Shir Hashirim. You're going to see lots of different, uh, what my uh, professor, uh, Dr. Rabbi Bert Vizotsky would call jots and tittles, right? Lots of different little marks that might be on the page. Lots and lots of different kinds. One of those types of marks that you might see on a page are the consonants on the page, the Hebrew letters that are consonants, right? There's a shin, a yud, a resh. Another type of mark that you're going to see on the page 
is you're going to see uh, vowels on the page. You'll see a earache, right? You'll see the, the letter, the vowel that tells you that this is pronounced E, so that you know this is sh, e, she, right? And then uh, you'll see a patah that says this is an ah sound, right? Ha, ah. And so you see that there are vowels on the page as well. Those are other marks that you see on the page. So you see um, letters. That's one type of a mark that you see on the page. Another type of a mark that you'll see on the page is punctuation, right? So punctuation that's on the page as well. This is one type of a punctuation that you see on the page. What What is this? symbolize here these two vertical dots up and down that come parallel to the letters what does that symbolize that's the sofpasuk that's the uh it's like a period right it's that sofpasuk which literally means the <clears throat> end of a verse interestingly we're going to get back to that uh that's one way of thinking about trope as well technically it kind of serves as a trope mark in a lot of senses because this is another type of punctuation this punctuation is called a meteg and it's an accent mark okay so it's a mifta it's an accent mark so a meteg is a vertical line that falls underneath a vowel and it's there as an accent mark we're going to come back to accents in just a minute but the idea is that um, most of the time when you're looking at punctuation on a page the punctuation that you're going to see is just to mark the end of a verse okay there's another way that you can tell what verse you're looking at when you look at a page of the Bible, right? The Hebrew Bible when you're looking in Hebrew. And how is that? Ed, how would you know what verse you're looking at looking at this page like this? How would I know what verse I'm looking at? Yeah. And which verse you're looking at? What would you look at probably? If, if I said we're starting at verse two, what would you probably look at? Um, I can't point to it, but um, it starts with the Yud, right? The second one. Right. You look for the number two, right? right. You just yeah. basically look for the number. So you have chapters that are marked in one place, and then you have numbers that are marked elsewhere. In some tikkunim and in some, um, in some Hebrew books, this might even be enumerated in a Hebrew letter rather than a Roman, rather than an, uh, rather an Arabic numeral, right? Um, yeah. so, so it just depends on what type of a book you're looking at. But yeah, it would be marked here as well. Interestingly, in some books, and I can change this in, we're looking at a Safaria page here, since we're recording this as a podcast, I want to make sure that I verbalize as much as I can to make this a good audio experience as well. Interestingly, if I take away these marks, you can see uh, that um, uh, if I take away the vocalization, as it says here, completely, um, uh, oh, they keep the marks here, but it does change this over to, that's interesting, it does change it over to the Hebrew uh, marks as well. So you can see this, but, but you can imagine, I can't hold my hand over. You can imagine these being taken away, uh, entirely and it takes away all these marks. If you were to look into a, um, a scroll, uh, itself, you would wind up not seeing, um, any of the, um, of, of these, um, marks at all, any of these punctuation, marks at the all. hyphens too there's a hyphen between Correct. key and tovim yeah that wouldn't be excellent there. so this makaf this that uh, this makaf, hyphen as we call uh -huh. it would you call it makaf this hyphen uh -huh. wouldn't be there as well you're absolutely right it's interesting that that vocalization still shows up so that's great now i'm going to take away this screen share and we're going to talk about what's different about this class than another class that you might take so if you were to take a basic chanting class in torah or in haftarah 
you would wind up talking about how the skill that we were that, that we're trying to to get down is that we first want to talk about trope and the function of trope and what trope is doing on uh, for a word. And then we're going to learn how to sing, how to chant those trope marks. And then we're going to learn how to apply those to the words, right? And then we're going to sing and we're going to learn some chunk of them, right? And then we're going to learn how to apply those to the scroll so that when you get up to the scroll to read it, then you're going to be able to chant it having memorized all of those pieces of pointillation, as I would call it in English, all of the nikud, right? The pointillation, all those dots, those jots and tittles that go away, or rather were never there in the scroll. So they're all helper marks when you're looking in a book, but when you go up to the scroll, they all are not present. So that's when you're chanting Torah. That's when you're learning to chant Torah. But Unlike learning Torah and like learning Haftarah, when you're learning to chant the specific uh, uh, trope for the um, the books that uh, we're going to be looking at in this class, you do not need to do that memorization because it's not the custom in our community or in most communities to chant these books from a scroll themselves, even though there are many communities that actually own these books, including we we do as well, own these books as scribed in a scroll. We don't chant them from scrolls because we're, we aren't required to chant them directly from scrolls. And since we're not required to, we don't because it's easier to chant them with the marks in front of them, uh, in front of us. And so we chant them directly from a book. So the only task that we have in front of us is to learn the system of chanting them, right? To learn the marks and what those marks sound like, and then to take those marks and to apply them to the specific chapters uh, of the books that we have in front of us, right? Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And the books that we're going to look at in this class, specifically that I want to that I want to look at coming up ahead of us are the ones that apply to the holidays that are coming up ahead on the on the calendar two in a row happen to have the same trope system which is really helpful yeah. so let's talk about that and how that works so three of the scrolls that fall into the scrolls that we read in the part of of Tanakh in the Chetuvim section, the Ketuvim in the written section, fall out for the three festivals that we have over the course of the year. We have three festival holidays. What are they? Let's start in the, well, let's go in order of actually what's coming up because that's what we're going to talk through. So what's the next festival holiday coming up? I'll give you a hint. It's not Purim. Right? Purim is not a Chag. It doesn't show up in the Torah itself. These three festival holidays show up in the Torah themselves. And on Purim, we actually do read from a scroll itself. So what's the next Chag Chag? Festival is described in the Torah. Matzadeh. Matzadeh. Pesach. Chag Aviv. Okay. So we have Pesach that comes up. And on Pesach... We have a scroll that the rabbis have paired nicely with us, right? I always think of it like a wine pairing. They've paired us uh, a scroll. And you know what scroll they've paired with that? They've paired Shir Hashirim, like a love story. Okay? So Shir Hashirim is the book that's read either on Chol HaMoed, on the intermediate Shabbat of 
Pesach, or as the case actually is this year on the uh, seventh day, because it um, because it falls out on Shabbat and Shabbat, okay? because uh, because we don't have an intermediate Shabbat. Uh, Erev Seder night, the first night of Seder is Motzei Shabbat. It's it's a Saturday night. So we only have a seventh day of Shabbat, not a Cholamwed Shabbat. So that's when we read it. It's just a do the math kind of thing. Okay. So we read it on that seventh day, which is a Shabbat. So that's when we chant Shir Hashirim. I think that's April that 3rd. I think it's April 3rd Something this like year. Yeah. yeah. So that's when we're going to chant Shir Hashirim. What's the next Chag after that? Exactly seven weeks from the second night of Seder, when we count forward from that, what's the next Chag to fall out? After we count the Omer, it's Torah Day. Yeah, (laughs) Shavuot. Shavuot. Uh Okay, so when we come, fall out with Shavuot. And Shavuot gets, because it's a receiving the Torah kind of day, gets paired with the book of Root. And Root and Shir Hashirim get assigned in the Ashkenazi chanting tradition, meaning the Eastern European chanting tradition, the same cantillation uh, system. And so we get to chant them in the same way, which means that if you are dedicating yourself to uh, learning how to chant these books, then you're learning how to chant them in the same you're learning for the next two holidays um coming up if you learn a nice little chunk of it then you can chant them uh you can chant for both holidays if you learn to to master them a little bit right um and uh i find that very exciting because then i can train some new readers for some of these books uh in our community so i want us to uh begin by taking a look at uh, at Shir Hashirim trope itself. I want us to look at a page of trope. And I'm going to send this resource to you. And, and it's going to be in the show notes for the podcast as well, so that people can take a look at this. Uh, this is a page that was prepared by a colleague of mine, Cantor Yaakov Hadash. And it is a fantastic resource. I'm going to put it up on the screen, and then I will... Uh, send a PDF to everyone participating in the class of this page. Um, this is a wonderful, completely musical sheet of the trope. And it's broken down by the trope system. This is the fine Rosowski trope system. Okay, so this is Cantor's fine and Rosowski system. It, it just has Rosowski's name, but it's Cantor's fine and Rosowski together. And... Uh, this is the Mercha Tipcha Sof Pasuk comes first as a system, and then Munach Etnach Ta comes second in the line. So they want you to learn the Sof Pasuk first, and then the Munach Etnach Ta second. So that's why over here on the right, and these are just stand-ins letters, the first letter of each of the of the tropes stands in for it, and then the trope is on the word. Uh, there's a stand-in for... Um, for for the trope in the form of a letter and then the trope symbol itself is underneath there you see that over on the right and here are the musical notes that get assigned to the names of the trope so we are going to do some humming 
And I think that my suggestion to you is, in order for us to do this together, I'm going to suggest that everybody who's participating goes on mute so that we can do some singing and humming, and then we'll do some unmuting if you're feeling brave. So first, go on mute so that I can encourage you to do some singing, all right? And you can repeat after me. So I'm going to establish a key, which is not going to be the actual key on the page. So I hope nobody who is listening to this and also looking at the sheet has perfect pitch because that'll drive you crazy. Uh, I won't name anybody by name. Uh, So let's see. So I'm going to have you just repeat Mercha after me. Mercha, and you'll do Mercha or Mercha if you want to do it down the the uh, octave. Mercha, Mercha, Tibcha, 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 Tibcha. Now I'm going to do mercha tibcha. You should do mercha tibcha. Now I'm going to do just mercha sof pasuk. Mercha sof pasuk. Mercha sof pasuk. Mercha is before sof pasuk is just one and the same note. Mercha, mercha, mercha sof pasuk. Mercha sof pasuk. Try it with me. Mercha sof pasuk. One more time, try it with me. Mercha sof pasuk. Let's go back to Mercha Tibcha. Try it with me. Mercha Tibcha. Try it with me again. Mercha Tibcha. Mercha Tibcha. Let's do it one more time. Mercha Tibcha together. Mercha Tibcha. And then we're going to do Mercha Sofasuk together. Mercha Sofasuk. Now let's do that whole phrase three times together. Mercha tibcha, mercha sofasuk. Another time. Mercha tibcha, mercha sofasuk. One more time. Mercha tibcha, mercha sofasuk. Now let's look at munach. Now, even if you don't read music, you can find that note for the munach because we did mercha, and you can see that the cha is the same note as munach starts on. Munach, 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 et nachta, munach, et nachta, munach, et nachta. Go back to that tibcha. Can you bring your eyes back to the tibcha? Tibcha munach et nachta. 
Try that with me. Tibra munachet nachta. Tibra munachet nachta. One more time. Tibra munachet nachta. Now this time, Tibra merchas of pasuk. Tibra mercha sof pasuk. Keeping that mercha sof pasuk different than the munachet nachta. Mercha sof pasuk. That's the difference. Mercha is just this, that same note. Mercha sof pasuk. Munach. That's how you know that you're only mid-sentence. is ending the sentence. Okay, so this is going to become a part of the pattern. Let's leave this behind for a moment. Let's leave this sheet music behind for a moment. Uh, actually, before we leave the sheet music behind for a moment, is there a brave somebody who wants to try to sing any part of this out loud? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Pick a I'm, phrase. I'm looking at, well, I'm looking at Shira Shirim. Um, I, I would do it like this, the, the first sentence. Well, well I, I want to stick to just the names well, of the trope so far okay. before you go to Shira Shirim. Just the names of the well, trope so far. Okay. Okay. I got that. But I would go Mercha Sof Pasuk, like Asher has a Mercha Sof Pasuk. Uh, or see Luke, if you so want to use that Mercha, word. So, um, this system I, I, keeps keeps the Mercha straight, yeah. I know, but um, I like putting a little oomph there because there's a there's a trope there. Um, if it wasn't there, then it would just be Mercha Tibcha Sof Pasuk. Correct. But, um, there's there's always variations, and um, I, I'm just saying you, that's the way I kind of learned it. That, but I, I don't want to conflict with you. Sure. So here, here's what I always say when it comes to this system. My my trope, personally, is slightly different than this trope. My my munach. Good. Me too. Not, yeah. My, my my trope is slightly different, but but here's what I'm gonna say. Uh, I'll say two things to that. One is for the purposes of this class, I'm gonna remain true note for note to this sheet music just for the consistency for the people who really need me to remain true note for note to the system. And two is. Okay. You don't have to, but what I do insist on as best as you possibly can is that you remain internally consistent because that's mm-hmm. what the text asks for. Does that make sense? So that mm-hmm. your etnahta remains consistent to Rick's etnahta. So that's what our system is asking for. So if, if that oomph means a lot to you, fantastic. But what you don't get to decide is that you sometimes give the oomph and you sometimes don't. Does well, that make look, sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm just saying the difference would be Shira Shirim Asher Li Shlomo is the way the music wants me to do it. Mm-hmm. But I like better Shira Shirim Asher Li Shlomo. So Asher gets a trope and Li Shlomo gets a trope. But, so um, if you're going to do that, then I would just say that your Mercha before Sof Pasuk should always be so then your yeah, mercha yeah. before sofasuk should always be that. So I'm just saying internal right. consistency to Rick Muller's system becomes then, becomes yeah. that note. And that's beautiful. I think that, you know, I just read this wonderful book by a man whose name I cannot pr- uh, pronounce very well. His name's Kurzat Ozenk, I think. He's a PhD and he runs um, a, a sub 
part of a, stick with me for a second. He runs a sub part of a lab uh, at Stanford. It's their design lab. Okay. Yeah. And he runs a part yeah. of their lab called the, the Ritual Design Lab. Um, he runs yeah. it with someone else. Her name's Margaret uh, Hagen. That's her name, Margaret Hagen. And uh, he, they basically turned ritual into a science. And one of their, their principles <laughs> of yeah. what makes for ritual, and I've been reading, uh, they just had a new book come out. It's Rituals for Virtual Meetings. It's a wonderful book. And one of their principles about rituals is that uh, part of what makes a ritual a ritual is that it evolves is that it evolves. So part of what makes a ritual a ritual is that it evolves. So I am with you and that part of what makes a ritual a ritual is that it evolves. Now part of what makes it authentic is that it's internally consistent. But part of what makes it interesting is that it it, it can evolve. So uh, yes, I'm totally with you, and let's let's keep it consistent. So let's take a look. Uh, let's do what Rick was doing, and let's go to the text itself. Does that sound good? Let's go to the to the Shir Hashirim, which uh, does start with a merchatibchat merchat sof pasuk phrase, and let's look for a few phrases that are like that. Just the merchatibchat merchat sof pasuk phrase. So let's stop the share for a second, and we're going to look at just some phrases that are like that. Okay, I'll put this back up on the screen. And if you want to look at this on your own, I'm going to put a, a link in the chat. You can find Safari is a wonderful resource to take a look at a pointillated text. Um, if you if you want to look at a pointillated text, right, a text that has all of the trope and all of the vowels in it uh, online, and you don't have a book in front of you, you can always look at, at Shira Shirim, <clears throat> but I'll share it in front of us. We can look together. There we go. So let's just read the text in the Hebrew first to make sure that we get it. Shir Hashirim, Asher Lishlomo. And I want to point out that trope has three jobs to do in this sentence. It has three jobs to do in this sentence. It's going to tell us how to sing it, but we're about to get there. We're not there yet. It's telling us a little bit about the syntax of this sentence, how the sentence is broken up. It's a little bit about the commas and how the sentence itself is broken up. It's a very short sentence because it only has a short, well, we can see it's a short sentence, but it only is, has one short uh, trope phrase in it. And the third thing is it tells us where the words are accented. It's not shir hashirim, it's shir hashirim. Because the trope shows up underneath the resh with the hirik. Shir hashirim. Asher lishlomo. Okay, that's where the words are accented, where the trope are. So those are the jobs of the trope in the sentence. So I want to remind you that mercha is a two-note trope, right? Mercha, mercha tibcha. But our first mercha word is only a one-syllable word. So what do we drop? We drop the... You drop the second note or we you drop, drop the, one of the notes. You drop the first note. You drop okay. the lower note. 
So we, because we Two, treat yeah. the lower note, mm-hmm. we treat the lower mm-hmm. note like it's a like it's a diving board, like it's a springboard. That's probably a better word for it. Like it's a springboard mm-hmm. to the upper note. Mm-hmm. So we think of it as mercha. <clears throat> and the reason that we know that this is a bit meta, but if you think about it, the accent on the word mercha is there to tell us that. The main part of the trope mercha is the ha. Mm-hmm. Mercha. You hear that? Mm-hmm. So even in the yes. trope mercha, we're being told that that's the main part. <clears throat> mercha. So if we can only have one part of the trope, it's this note. Sheer. Okay. So that's the note that we're keeping. That's how we know. Sheer. Mm-hmm. And then tibcha. Hashi. And we have to, now we have too many notes. Tibcha. But we're not supposed to start moving on it until we get to the rehim. And so we have to do something that we talked about in Nusach, Ed, you were in one of my CLOR classes, and we talked about how sometimes we need to fit some more notes into something. So we use something called the reciting tone, which is where we take a note that we're going to use and we just stick to it for a few staccato notes so that we can use it. Sheer, hashi. Reem. So we're just doing an extra little note there. Sheer Hashirim. And then I'm gonna stick to being true to the to the music here, which is that Mercha is just one note repeated. Asher Lishlomo So Pasuk Asher Lishlomo. Let's look to another Mercha Tibcha Miyahin, right? Kitovim. And now we have, now we have a Mercha that can be applied to multiple vowels. Does someone want to try Kitovim Dodecha Miyahin? Mercha Tibcha. So fasuk. Do you want to try kitovim dodecha miyayin? Me or Ed? Either one of you. Mercha ki. Kitovim dodecha miyayin. Good. And you you skip the di di miyayin if you want to do it. Right to the so miyayin. You can skip all the fancies and go right to Mihain. Good. And then now we have a Tibcha. And then Munaha. Shemecha. And you're adding that extra little bit in there. Let's look at the 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 sheet music again. Hang on. I share that again. I don't want to dominate things, Ed. Please sing when you want to, okay? I think I think he's he's happy to let you. I'm just I'm polishing up my other trope that are rare that I I, I know the common ones, but the ones yeah. that don't come very often. I want to I want to get those down Good. better. So I want to show you something, Rick, on this trope. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that you know that your trope is slightly different, and that's okay. Just be consistent with it. Munah. And then you're adding in ta ha ha. You're adding in a B here. Da da. Uh, I didn't have to. I, I'm just. Yeah. 
Turakshamecha or yeah. Turakshamecha. I can do it either that, way. I'm in, you're know. you're still adding in that T T. This one just has Munach Nataha. It's this one's just Nataha. Nope, this one's just Nataha Shemecha. Shemecha. Okay. Shemecha. Shemecha. Shemecha without the okay. Turak Shemecha. Shemen Turak Shemecha. Isn't that weird? Turak Shemecha. Well, it's not weird. Shemecha. It's just a little. It's just a little slide. I don't know. Either mecha shemecha. Either way works. I don't want to. I don't want to gum things up. But yeah, it's not about gumming it up. What it is is about being aware of it and being Mm -hmm. aware of whether you're doing it consistently or not. Mm -hmm. So it's just one system versus another. I also, I I also um, am used to doing that at nachta with the extra. Uh, the extra six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, good. Let's look at the. Uh, let's look back and at the. Alkain. The rest of it. Alkain. Alamot ahevucha is the way I could do it. Alamot ahevucha is the other way. Is the is the music sheet? I think. Uh, um, so alamot is just one note. According to Rosowski, yes. Okay, fine and Rosowski. Exactly. And then, Mashachini Acharech Narutza. Or Narutza, if you don't want to do the extra note, Narutza. but I like the way you do it the first time. I like the first time Narutza. better. Narutza. Narutza. Uh-huh. Narutza. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Good. And then, and then, and then, Mesharim. Yeah. And then finish it with Ahevucha. Mesharim Ah. Mesharim ahevucha, or you could do aha aha. You could do extra stuff if you want to. Mesharim ahevucha, but there's no really emphasis on the aleph. It's just it's just adding your flavor to it. So, but you could just literally do mesharim ahevucha like that. Good, ahevucha or ahevucha. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. That that's great. It's just it's um. Part of it is going back and just getting re-consistent at doing all of these in the system. That's great. Okay, let's take a look. Before we finish the the class day, let's look ahead to the um, Kadmama Pashta system, okay? Kadma. We're going to look at it together. One second. We pull it up. Kadma Pashta. That's the way I remember it. Don't sing it just yet. Okay, sorry. We're getting there. So, we're making sure that we're not going too high. Making sure we're not going too high on the Kadma. Okay. 
Katong. Okay, good. So just listening like for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe go on mute so that you can repeat after me because it's always mm-hmm. helpful to do that. And also, so for the podcast, if people are repeating, then they can hear and they can repeat after me too. Kadamba ma pa pashta munah katon kadma. So just try that kadma kadma ma pa kadma ma pa. Now I'm gonna go on kadma ma pa pashta. Munah, 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 katon, munah, katon, munah, katon. So it's that natural B that really makes the flavor there at the munah, katon. And then back to Tibaha Mercha Sofasuk Kadama Mapah Pashtaha Unah Unah Katahun. Okay. Kadama Mapah Pashtaha Anybody want to try? I was just going to say the first one is on verse 13, if you wanted to. I, well, I want to hear it from the sheet music, just the Kadma. Okay. Or not from the sheet music necessarily, but with the with the trope names. Kadma mapach. munach katon. Kadma katon. Kadma mapach munach Katon. Don't go up on katon yet, though. Munah. Katon. Uh-huh. There you go. That's it. That's it. Uh, nailed it. Good. And so I think start to explore the kadmas and mapachs in there to be able to begin to uh, apply those. The beginning of Shira Shirim is mostly these two phrases. It's mostly merchatibcha, sopasuk etnachta, kadmah and Munach Katon, almost entirely. A little pasta in there. Yeah, 13 and 14, you have good examples. Yep. And so 15. It's, it's mostly that on the first page or two of the, yeah. of the book. So uh-huh. that's where I leave you for class number one. Uh, uh, I, okay. It's a, it's a start <laughs> of the trope. Yeah, time flies wow. really, really quickly with this class. Um, I hope it was a good introduction to doing this yes. book. The whole point here is to create for yourself an internally consistent system. If you get really good at at becoming like a black belt in one system, it really is a remarkable thing to then be able to go in between and distance in different systems and be able to travel in and out of different systems yourself, to be able to correct other people, to realize when you're going in and out of stuff uh, as well. This is really wonderful because these books are short uh, and there really are only three that this system applies to. So once you you claim this, you can say, you know what? I always do chapter two of Shira Shirim. I always do chapter four of Kohelet, whatever those things are. You can claim them. By the way, Kohelet 
it is, as you could probably guess, we do it at Sukkot, right? It's the third. It's the third one. So hopefully we're getting there by the end of of, um, of this summer. class together. Yeah, in the summer, yeah. exactly. So I'm really looking forward to learning this with all of you. And uh, thanks for joining me. I look forward to our next, next lunch and learn again? together. Next Tuesday next again. Tuesday? Yeah. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.